Hey, good morning, uh, everyone. Uh, I, I just want to comment on Pat's joke earlier that when he quit, you know, speaking and was just moving his lips, the look of confusion in Jason's head, because usually it's looking at the screen and there's silence, but he's looking at a live person trying to figure out, how do I make sound come out of that man? And uh, it made me laugh. I wish I had a video of that to share with you. Um, in uh, May of 2008, uh, my wife, now wife, we weren't married at the time, she's graduating from college. And I don't really remember the circumstances for why I was so far away, but, but uh, she graduated in Dallas and I'm here in Mid-County and um, I need to pick up one of her friends because she wants to be at the graduation and so we go and we leave kind of late. We leave, it's a five-hour drive. We leave probably about, you know, 10 p.m. or so and we're going to just drive straight through and, and go straight to the graduation. And as you might imagine, uh, you know, uh, you, you shouldn't plan things so tightly as that. And so we had some car trouble on the way. And one of my belts on my, uh, I now know what a serpentine belt is. I didn't at the time. And it snaps in the middle of the country. And there's nothing. I mean, I'm just limping along on the side of the road, middle of the night, and there's no one to help. And I'm so frustrated. And so we end up going to a gas station that says that I can't leave my car there. So I push my car across the highway to the next gas station. who says, hey, just leave it here. And about, it's probably, you know, 132 in the morning at this point, and, and I need to call someone for help. And so the only person I can call is my wife who's about to graduate. And so she has to wake up from her rest and come to pick me up. And so she drives, she, she picks us up, and we go. And by the time all this unfolds, it's now time to go to the graduation. I have no time to rest. I have no time to, to stop and collect myself. And I'm, I'm really frustrated, as you might imagine, uh, with this gas station clerk. And as, as we're driving around, I'm, I'm in the driver's seat. I'm, I'm I'm the responsible adult who's been awake for the last 26 hours, and I'm driving, and uh, Ashley's great-grandfather's is in the passenger seat, and there's a few people behind me. Ashley's behind me. I think her brother might be behind me in the back seat. Um, I start doing what I think doesn't make me crazy, but I start replaying the conversation uh, that I was having with that clerk and how rude they were with me, right? Like, how do you, how do you tell the guy that he can't leave his car for a few hours? And um, I, don't, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I like to replay the conversation and think, well, you know, if I could go back in time, I would say it this way. And so then uh, they would say this, and then I would say that, and then I kind of rewind. And I'm doing this whole mental activity as I'm driving down the road, and, and I'm in the zone. I'm just like barely staying awake, but I'm getting where I'm going. And I turn and I look, and Ashley's great-grandfather has this like look of fear in his eyes. And I realize I've been talking out loud for the last like 15 seconds. I didn't even realize it. Like that whole conversation that I thought was in my head, I'm speaking like, you know, I would say this. Well, how dare you? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just going back and forth. And it, I, was, I was just so tired, guys. Like I, I think I was having a little psychotic break. I don't, I don't know. Uh, all I needed was a little rest. I needed a little rest. Uh, today we're uh, in uh, probably week three or week four of this Abide series, and uh, we're talking about, you know, abiding in Christ. And as the, as the branches uh, connected to the vine, so should we be abiding in Christ. And I just want to talk about rest today. Uh, you, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have had a psychotic break had I just had a little nap. Just a one-hour cat nap would have fixed everything Rest is so often the answer given, but it's often the answer ignored as well. Think about how many problems we have in our culture or in our health that when you talk to someone about it, they immediately say, hey, man, just, you just need a little rest. You go, you sprain your ankle, you don't break anything, you go to the doctor and they look at you, they charge you the bill, and they may tell you to take Tylenol, but they always do what? 
They prescribe rest. You just need a little rest. Just stay off your foot a little while. Of course, if you're like me, you're like, whatever doctor, I don't need rest because I'm a man. And then you limp for the rest of your life because you didn't do what the doctor said. I have a toddler at home and sometimes uh, it, is, it is so much fun uh, with his energy and just his inquisitiveness. He asks all these questions, but you can tell around one o'clock things start to take a, a turn and, and you think to yourself, I know what he needs. Say it with me. He needs a nap. And you say, Max, why don't you go take a nap? And he does what we all do. He ignores the advice to go get rest. He's like, no, I don't need a nap. What I need is this pair of scissors and this slider right here. I, like, I don't know what he has in his hands, but it's always just like a nap would fix it. If you're an athlete and you're working out and you want to build muscle and you lift and you lift and you lift seven days a week, you'll find that you actually get weaker instead of stronger because in order for your muscles to grow, you need what? You need to rest. You have to rest along the way. You go, you order some furniture, and you get Ikea furniture in your house. You have the box, you have the instructions, you have everything, and you're so mad, you're yelling things at nobody. Nobody's in the room, and your spouse or someone who cares very deeply about you says what? How about you just take a break from that for a minute? Just, just take a little break, take a little rest from it, and it'll all come together. Uh, Jason, our uh, worship pastor, is also our IT guru, and 99.9% .9 of the time, if you call him and say, hey, I'm having a problem with my computer, you know what he says? Hey, you got to shut that thing down and restart it. And pfft, like magic, uh, he, it works because your computer needed a rest. We need rest, and it's often the answer that's given, the advice that's given from wise and sage people, but we so very often ignore it. I think that we as Americans, as a culture, we have this kind of like belief that busy is better. The more I can do, the more I can get done, the more I can cram into this day, the better. And when, when you're the, the fish in that water, you don't realize the taste of the water until you go into another pond. And I never realized how busy Americans are uh, until I go and visit other countries. And maybe, maybe you can experience that, that you, you visit Canada and it's like, it's like a different world. They speak the same language with a lot of A's and apologies, but, but they are so relaxed, and I love it. It's, it's exciting. Uh, a few summers, we, we went as a church, and we went and did a youth camp uh, in Canada, and we love our brothers and sisters there, and they'll, they'll give us a, a printed uh, worship order, and it says that we'll start at 710. And so, of course, all the Americans at 708 are sitting at the door, and we're ready. We're like, all right, we're going to worship the Lord. Here we go. We're going we're gonna to get in there. And the Canadians are like, Hey, you got to calm down a little bit. You're going to die. Okay, let's let's just have some some syrup and some uh, some Tim Hortons and some little Timmy Timmy donuts and uh, they 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 would get to worship and it was a great worship service. There's no reason for Americans to try to rush everything, uh, and they knew better. You travel to uh, Mexico or you go on a cruise to like Jamaica or Cozumel, all these places. It's everybody's more relaxed than we are, and we're just sort of uptight. Uh, there are other cultures that are a little bit more busy than us. I was researching for this, and I was thinking about rest and how different communities do it. And in Japan, uh, they, they, are, they are more busy is more better than, than we are, if that's a proper sentence. Uh, they, they work, and they work to the point of exhaustion. And they, they noticed that people were just like passing out and taking naps like on park benches and in the subway. It became kind of a running meme in Japan. You could, you could see people just like collapsing, and it became like a badge of honor for them. And so the word in Japan, 
Japanese for nap is hirune, and uh, these Japanese businesses started having like hirune rooms, little nap rooms, that they're like, hey guys, you don't have to go home and rest, you, you, you can just go take a nap over here and get back to work. And I just, like on record, if I can talk to the elders and pad a little bit, I could use a hirune room here at Carpenter's Way, just like let Jesse take a nap and things will go great. Uh, hirune uh, became so popular in Japan that it's this badge of honor that you want your boss to see that you work so hard that you fell asleep in exhaustion, and the employers started catching employees trying to suck up to the boss, maybe try to get that raise, but instead of looking like they're working harder, they would just collapse and fall asleep on their desk. So, like, imagine what that would be like in your, in your business. Uh, you hear your boss coming, like, to your cubicle or down your hall or whatever, and, and you just like, oh, here comes the boss. I need to show him how hard I'm working. And you just start drooling on your, on your table. Uh, all the bosses are like, oh, he must love his job. Give him a raise. Let's, let's make him the CEO. Um, America doesn't work that way, but we, we, we could. We could. Uh, one of my favorite movies is um, that Patrick Swayze movie, uh, Roadhouse, and he's like, he like karate kicks everybody. And there's a scene in there where they tell Sam Elliott, it's like, hey, you know, why don't you take a nap or something? He says, I'll get enough sleep when I'm dead. I'll get enough rest when I'm dead. We have, we have this kind of, like, I'm going to get as much done now, and then when I die, like, that's when I'll, I'll catch up. But the truth is, is that all of this busyness and all, all of this lack of rest has a lot of negative consequences uh, in our lives, in our communities, in our families. And, and what, we, what we find in Scripture is so many times that like rest is offered, rest for the weary, rest for the brokenhearted, that, that rest is like the secure. And we, we pursue rest all the time. And sometimes we pursue rest in the wrong ways. I, I think that the pursuit of false rest is the cause of a lot of harm that we see in our communities and in our families. I think of the, the dad who's a workaholic, and believe me, I'm a, I'm a recovering workaholic. I, I know what it's like to just think all I got to do is work more and more. And at the end, you just, you just, you're exhausted. I think of the, the families that, that their schedule is so packed that, that they think, okay, I just, uh, I just I, I need a little bit of wiggle room. There's no margin because all the margins just keep filling in. I think of, I think of all the ways that we try to dull the noise. And like, I, I don't know about you, during, during COVID, I've started like realizing like my brain is really weird. Um, my cell phone, which uh, I'm surprised it's not, it's in the back because I didn't want any of you to call me, but uh, my cell phone has not been out of arm's reach in probably four weeks. Like if, if I'm sitting still without looking, I just know right where my cell phone is because when I wanna dull the noise, when I wanna, like I'm bored and like my mind won't stop, I just pick up the phone. And without even looking at it, I can unlock the phone, open Facebook, like three comments and probably find like, you know, uh, a, a car to buy or something. I don't know what I'm doing on there, but I do it all just in auto mode because I'm trying to dull the noise. I, I think that these things that we do to dull the noise are these robbers of rest and they just, they, they, they take from us the thing that we need, promising to give us that thing that we need, this rest, and they never do. If you've ever raised a teenager or been around a teenager or have been a teenager once in your life, think of all the times you think, oh, just playing that game is relaxing, it's entertaining, but then the kid plays until three in the morning and can't figure out, like, I can't wake up in the morning, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Well, it's because he didn't sleep, you didn't rest. Well, I was entertained, I was having fun, I was just sitting there, it's not like I was, like, mowing the grass or something. You're like, no, it's time for you to go mow the grass now. You get off Fortnite, son, uh, and get after it. Uh, these robbers of rest, they take from us what we need. 
So here's what I want to ask and, and answer, hopefully, uh, before we finish, is what, what, is, what is true rest? What is this rest that, that we're going to talk about in Scripture, that like, it's available to believers and we can have, we can have just a rest, a break, a, a, a recharge moment? And I want to be careful in answering that question because, because everybody's really different. Like, I don't want to give a list of things that are restful because what is relaxing to me may not be relaxing to you. I love mowing my grass. You may hate it. Everybody's different. That's okay. Be different. The difference between an introvert and an extrovert is essentially how they experience rest. The introvert experiences rest and recharging by getting away from people. The extrovert experiences rest and relaxation by getting near people. And if you're married to the opposite, it's, it's bonkers to you how that works. Like, I'm really stressed out. I need to relax. Let me go to this party of 50 people. I just lost my mind. Like, I can't even like put myself there right now. Someone's going to sneeze on me. Four people are going to try to hug me. And I just like, I need some rest. And so me, Ashley will just find me standing in my garage, just staring at things, smelling the wood or something. I'm like, what are you doing? You okay? You having another psychotic break? I'm like, no, honey, I'm just, I'm just resting. You know, you go, you go rest your way. I rest my way. Uh, Everybody's different. And we want to be careful not to prescribe some things, but let's talk about what is true rest. The the first thing I want to say as we, as we look at scripture is that true rest, it's something that's deliberate. Nobody ever accidentally fell into a really awesome vacation. Like, you just, you don't wake up one day and find yourself, like, on a zip line in, you know, you know, Cozumel or something without planning that sucker out. You've got to plan it out. And I think that all true rest from, from the very beginning is something that is deliberate. It's not something you're going to find in your day unless you put it in your day. It's, your week will go on and on, and more and more people will stack more and more things in your schedule and in your stuff to do if you don't plan and have a deliberate space for rest. Space, or excuse me, deliberate rest is something that's enjoyed. You, 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 you sit back and maybe look at your garden that you worked on all week, and you're just like, you know what? I, I I'm just going to eat this tomato right now. And you just eat it like an apple and just, you know, tomato juice falling down your face. Like, I grew this sucker during COVID. And you just enjoy it because it's there to enjoy you, the, the fruits of your labor. In Genesis chapter 2, uh, the, the way Genesis works is you have the beginning, Genesis 1, you have all the creation events. And in Genesis 3, you have what we generally call the fall. That's where everything goes broken in the garden. But right in the middle is Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, uh, begins day 7 of creation. So for those of you who have been in church for a while, you know that, that on day 1, God said, let there be light, and there was. And then you have all six days of creation until uh, you know humanity is in day 6 of creation, but we're picking up in day seven here. And, he, and here's, here's what Genesis says. It says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Have you ever finished a project? That's, I, I don't think I ever have. I, I always, like, I get to a point and I think, oh, I need to tweak that. I need to work this. I need to, I never actually rest in projects that I make, but the Lord did. The Lord creates the heavens and the earth and it says they were finished and all the host of them, like Jupiter, Saturn, uh, Pluto, which I think is still a planet, uh, all of them, the whole host of creation, the whole thing is finished, and God's there. He's like, I made this. This is, this is by my hand. And it says, on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy, because on it, God rested from his work that he had done in creation. 
Now, nobody here thinks that, like, God broke a sweat. If you read Genesis 1, it's like, it says, God says, let there be light. And there's light. I imagine God's like, let there be a duckbill platypus. Boom, and there it was there. He didn't, he didn't put a lot of effort into it, but it's perfect and it's good. And so when it says that God rested, it's not that he was so tired from all of his work that he needed to take a break. What, what it is is it was finished. He enjoyed it. You read Genesis 2, you see that God's walking in the garden, and he's like, Adam and Eve, how are things going? Um, How's your marriage? I, I don't know what he talked about, but you see that they had conversations with each other. I, I think that God just enjoyed the garden that he made and all of creation. When, when, when he goes through it, he says, it is good. Every, every day he finishes, he makes light, he says, it's good. And he, he makes the, the sun and the moon, and he says, oh, that's good. And then he makes the water and the land separate, and he finishes that, and he's like, oh, this is good. He makes mankind, and he says, this, this is very good. Like, he enjoyed the work of his hands. Because I think that true rest, the rest that, that God kind of modeled out in Genesis 2, is something that you do deliberately. You don't fall into it. It's not something that happens after you finish everything off the checklist. It's something that you do and you plan and you get into. I think that true rest has a rhythm. There's a kind of an ebb and flow to rest. You can't, you can't live your entire life in rest. If you do, you're a bum. You're lazy. People will call you names. You, your parents will kick you off the sofa because you've been resting for the last 10 years. It's time to go to college, son. Uh, you, you can't rest all the time, but you also can't work all the time. You can't, you can't just be the, the person who does 60, 70 hours a week for 40 years and think, oh, in retirement, I'm going to catch up because by the time you retire, you're going to have high blood pressure, diabetes, and like four marriages at this point because everything burned in your path of working. There has to be a rhythm to work and rest. Work where you take things that are chaotic and bring them into order and rest, where you sit and you look at the order you made or you participated in and you enjoy it. Uh, if you fast forward past creation, past Genesis, the next book of the Bible is Exodus. And uh, you may know the Ten Commandments. Uh, in Exodus 20, uh, you have the Ten Commandments being given, that, that, that Moses is kind of reading them to the people. And uh, he talks about Sabbath. Now, the word Sabbath, we get uh, the root of that is rest. It's a day of rest. It's a day of deliberate rest. And here's, here's what it says when, when we read the commandment about rest. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, you may remember from a few weeks ago that that word holy it, we've made it fancy in the church, but really all it means is set apart. It's a day that is set apart. Your Holy Bible is a set apart book. And he says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, to keep it set apart. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. Um, in case, in case you're missing anything, that was pretty much everybody you could think of. If that person is breathing, let's just let them take a break. It says, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy, made it set apart. What, what you see in, in talking about the Sabbath is, one, is that Moses references back to how God did things and says, hey, God did it this way, we should do it this way. Also, you see that the Ten Commandments isn't just Moses sitting around thinking like, oh, I have a good idea, let's take a break every now and then. No, it's, a, it's called a command. 
It's a thing to do. Like Out of these 10 important rules that God gives his people, one of them is like, hey, guys, take a Sabbath every now and then. Take a break. In, in, in the understanding of Sabbath, you work for six days and you rest for one day. So you kind of have a ratio, a rhythm, if you will, of six days of work, one day of rest. So your, your rhythm might be work, 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 rest. Work, 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 rest. And in that rest, you're enjoying the fruits of all the work that you have. Let me, let me ask you, if, if you're honest, like even during COVID time, like how is your rhythm of rest? Do you, do you find yourself that rest comes at this uh, scheduled, managed, expected timetable? Or do you find yourself going, like me, uh, if I had to be just blunt and honest, uh, going through these seasons of I'm working because I enjoy the work, but I don't see any point in taking a rest or taking a nap. I, sometimes I'll forget to eat lunch and breakfast. I'll just kind of move straight through the day. And at the end of the day, I'm like, why do I have a headache? Oh, it's because I didn't stop to eat. The same is true here, that at some point you have to stop working and enjoy the rest. How, how is the rhythm of your rest? When I, when I think of that six to one ratio, it reminds me of tithing. Now, this isn't a message about tithing, but tithing, the principle is kind of the same. It's a 10 to one ratio that you give God one tenth of your money and you just trust that he knows what he's doing when he asks you to do that. And, and you know, you, you are obedient and you are blessed because of it. And if, you, if you're doing this, if you're tithing, I, I think that you don't even really uh, notice a missing tenth of your money. If, if I could, I'll, I'll just share with you. Um, the house that Ashley and I are living in now, um, we bought in 2010. And as we were moving kind of towards that, as we're getting ready to buy the house, it's like one problem after another kept coming up. There's a title issue here. There's a, there's a, a missing, you know, period on this contract here. And it was like not just days, but weeks and months of, come on, what's going on? And during this time, money's really tight. And we had kind of started getting where, like, just tithing wasn't that important, and we, we didn't give towards, uh, towards that because we're so scared of not having enough money to complete this transaction. And one day, she and I were talking, and we were just kind of convicted about it, and we're like, you know, there's no sense in this. There's no reason to rush this. We, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but, but the Lord's been good. We should tithe. And I kid you not, um, we wrote the tithe check on a Sunday, and Mondays, like, we get a phone call, like, hey, you guys ready to sign some title paperwork? It, it was bizarre, and while that's probably short of a real miracle in, in the sense of miracles for us, it was like God was just sort of reaffirming. And it's like, hey, trust me when I say there's a rhythm to your money, use my rhythm. It works. And he also says there's a rhythm to your work and to your life, to your day. Rest, because I say you need it. I created you for goodness sake. I know exactly how you're wired. It'd be like me taking my lawnmower and being like, I don't think it needs gas. I think it needs diesel. And the guy who built the gravy is like, you're an idiot. I built this thing. I know it needs gasoline. So I think diesel's a cleaner burning fuel. I don't know. No, we need rest because that's how God designed us to have this rhythm. The, the third thing I want to say about rest is that true rest um, is given and found. And if, if you're reading in uh, the, the devotional that we've been given out called Abide in Christ, I would just encourage you, uh, this, this idea, this thought came from, from him, this idea that it's given and found. The rest is something that is a gift to us. To us as, as humans, certainly, but even, even more impactful to us as believers and followers of Christ, that implicit in the gospel isn't just a ticket to heaven and you just work all your days long until you die and then you enjoy the rest. But no, here, now, today, 
rest is an option. True rest is given and found. In Matthew uh, chapter 11, Jesus talks about rest. Um, I think it's very interesting, though I don't have time to talk about it in this sermon, that uh, he's going to talk about the Sabbath immediately after this. But in Matthew 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Is that you, like right now, during COVID? Are you an essential worker and you haven't had a break all this time? You're just like, I'm, just, I'm heavy laden. I need, I need rest. Or maybe you're the opposite and you've been locked in your house all this time and, and you're just like, I'm going crazy. My kids are going crazy. My dog went crazy. I just, I'm, I'm heavy laden. I need some rest. And Jesus, he invites with his hand open, come to me, all who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He gives it to us. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Man, that sounds good. Like, I think, I think he emphasized that you'll find rest for your soul, your very souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When I was a teenager, I thought I was yoke like an egg getting cracked on your head. Like, that didn't make sense to me. My yoke is easy. I'm like, well, I like mine over medium. Um, but a yoke in like farmer terms, uh, you got an ox, you need to plow that land, get that ox to plow the land, you put a yoke on him. Yoke is the symbol of work. It's the beginning of work. And what Jesus is saying is like, put my yoke on you, my symbol of work on you, and it's easy. My burden is light. I will give you rest and you will find rest in me. I have a dog uh, we, we adopted from the Denslingers. And so Denslingers, if you're watching, I just want you to know that Tank is, is doing great. Tank loves going on walks. And so if you say the word walk, even right now, he's probably going nuts. I didn't think about that before I said it. Uh, but he loves it. Like he just gets so excited, he kind of wags his tail and he starts like whimpering. And I think he wants to talk, but who knows. And, and we get this leash out. And if I walk around with his leash, he's a dog. He doesn't know what he's doing, but he's trying to get that head on his leash. And he's so excited, and he's, he's so wound up. He's like this little ball of energy, and I'm trying to put the leash on him, and he, like, moves. I'm like, come here, Tank. Come on, buddy. Let's, let's put this guy on you. And I do all this effort to get this leash on him, and he won't stop. But finally, once that leash goes over his neck, he melts, and he sits. He's just as happy as can be because he's connected to the master, and he just rests in it. And I think, I think of that image when Jesus says, says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. It looks like work to everybody else. It looks like Christianity is like this heavy burden of rules and regulations that are just like, do all these things just to keep God happy. But that's not really what it is, is it? I mean, some of you watching right now, you've been following the Lord so long, you know that there's these seasons of real rest and rejuvenation. And it's really found in the yoke of Jesus because his burden is light. Andrew Murray, the author of this book I mentioned, he said this. He says, the yoke gives the rest. I love how simple that is. It's this, it's that, it's this price that Christ has paid, this yoke that Christ has paid that actually gives us the rest. The leash gives us the rest because we're connected to the master and he can guide us where we're going. Um, that, is, that is where the rest is. I'm going to close with thinking of two men. Um, these two men, they had a chance to find rest in Christ, and, and one was able to find it, and one wasn't. I'll start with the rich young ruler. Uh, when I first wrote my notes, I hand wrote them, and I misspelled rich, and I put Rick, so I'm going to call him Rick. Rick, the rich young ruler, uh, he goes to Jesus one day, and he says, hey, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And there's this dialogue between them. There's this back and forth. It's interesting. It's good for, for learning, but not uh, applicable to this message. 
Um, and Jesus, it says, uh, the gospel writer says um, in Mark 10, he says uh, that Jesus looked at him, comma, loved him, comma, and then he says this. And he gives him some instructions. He says, go sell everything you have to the poor and come follow me. And it says that the rich young ruler, Rick, we'll call him, walked away sorrowful because he had a lot going on for him. He had a, he had a lot going on, and this offer that Jesus extended to him, like, hey, why don't you come walk with the creator of the universe for a few minutes? It was, it just, he didn't see the relief that was there. And he goes, he goes away sorrowful. This other man is uh, Nicodemus. Nicodemus, uh, I love, by the way, the show The Chosen. If you're, if you're not watching that, go check out YouTube. The Chosen uh, It's a really great show, and they do a great job with Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, uh, he's a Pharisee, and he goes to Jesus in John chapter 3, and he asks him about eternal life, and Jesus tells him. You don't see Nicodemus again until John chapter 7, where he's in the Sanhedrin, and all the Pharisees are saying, hey, let's go get Jesus. And Nicodemus says, you know, maybe we should think about that. Maybe, maybe we should go talk to Jesus for a minute. And then you don't see him again until John chapter 19. And in John chapter 19, Jesus has just been crucified. And you see that Nicodemus puts together myrrh and aloe, and he prepares the body. And what you see in the life of Nicodemus is someone who took Jesus at his promise and, and found rest. There's not a lot about his character in the Gospels, but he's a super interesting person. And I think that the Chosen, though they took some uh, literary uh, liberties uh, and, and really fleshed out his character more, did a great job of just showing this man who he had anguish and turmoil and stress, just like any of us do. But whenever he finds Jesus and really considers what he's saying, he finds hope instead. Here's, here's what I want to close with. I just want you to consider the difference between a rest and the rest. There's a, a world of difference between taking a rest that you planned, that is deliberate, you go with your family, you have some fun, you make some memories, or the rest where you worked all day long and you're exhausted and you get home and you give your family, your spouse, your children, just the rest of what you have. Whatever, whatever's left in the tank, it's just, it's just the rest. The rest is, I've, I've done everything I think I can do, and I've, I've checked off all the things I can check off, and I, I'm just, I'm, I'm really running low, Jesse. Uh, I, I, this is just the rest of me. But a rest is something you look forward to. You put that v vacation on the calendar, or you, you take that, that walk. I don't, are you taking a lot of walks during COVID? My gosh, you know, my family, we have ruts in our street from us just marching up and down, because what are you going to do? You, you sit around, you get bored, let's go for a walk, and you take it. You, you take a rest. Think about music. One of the most important pieces of music isn't, isn't the notes. It's the rest that's written in the music. Think, 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 of, think of all the, the moments that a song is kind of going up and up and up. And then that musician, the composer, puts the rest in there. And all the musicians can take a breath. And now they can hold that one long note at the end and really like hammer it home. What if I took like one of Beethoven's concerts or Mozart's concerts and I take all the rest breaks out and I just put all the notes out there. It sounded like some heavy metal just screaming through there. All the notes came out. It's the same as Beethoven, but it's not music. It's not beautiful because there were no rests in there. Sometimes our lives feel like that, right? Think about fitness and you're working out and you take no breaks and you, you lift and you lift and you lift. And every time you check, you get weaker and weaker and weaker. And then you go talk to the fitness expert and he says, oh, that's because you didn't take your rest day. You take your rest day and your muscle build. That's when you grow. Think, think about uh, parenting where, where you, you just work and you work and you work and you never 
you never stop to take the rest to enjoy the baseball game, the riding horse with dad in the living room. You never, you never take those moments and cherish them because you never took the rest. You never took the break that was offered to you. When Luke was about two years old, uh, there was uh, some friends that came over. He was really excited to see them, as, as he often is. And he's running up and down the hall, and he's happy to see them. He'd run down the hall, get a toy, and he's just running back and forth. And really, he never walked. He never sat down. He never, he never crawled at this moment. He just ran. The entire day, he ran and ran and ran. And we're saying goodbye to the friends. They're on their way out the door, and he's running back and forth. Bye, bye. And as soon as the door closes, he runs halfway down the hallway, and he collapses and says, Mommy, I need a nap. And he's just like, he's so wound up. He just needs a break and he's screaming out. And we're like, well, of course you need a nap. Let's go. You're, you're absolutely exhausted. And we look at him and, or any child who does something like that. And we think, oh, that's cute. But then we look at our lives and we wonder, why is my marriage so difficult right now? Why, why is this moment so difficult? Well, have you taken that rest? A lot of times I'll go to a funeral and uh, I'm asked to read Psalm 23, which is ironic because Psalm 23 isn't written for the dying, but it's written for the living. It's written for those who, who, who are going through this world that has burdens. David writes this, and I was thinking about this as I worked through this. David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The Lord is just guiding us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My prayer for us is as we, as we close this, as we think on rest, as we think on, on the rest that, that we have during a weird season with COVID, that we would take it, that we would be deliberate in finding our rest, that we would find the rhythm in our rest, and that we would remember the rest, the true rest that the Lord gave us at salvation the victory we had when it was given to us, then we would find it more and more as we abide in Christ and we trust him with our rhythms and our, our measures of rest and work. I hope that your family is well. I hope, I hope that uh, during some of this season, you have times to catch up and reconnect and maybe find really good memory-making moments. But if not, if things are really chaotic and, and you need to reach out to someone, don't, don't hesitate to reach out to me or to Carpenter's Way. We, we're praying for you. And we, we know so many of you are, are working a lot or some of you have, have lost jobs. And everything about this season seems chaotic and that rest is impossible to find. But even in the chaos, there's a Lord who is in control of it all and rest is available to us. Let me pray for us. And uh, I was going to say you're dismissed, but I mean, I guess you're not dismissed from your living room. You can, you can stay in your house, but let me pray for you. Lord, uh, this morning, uh, I thank you for the chance to, to teach, and I thank you for your word that teaches me rest. Lord, you know my heart, and I struggle with finding rest all the time. I, I have a terrible rhythm of keeping rest on the forefront. I pray for us at Carpenter's Way that, our, that, that this family of believers would be a group of people that find rest in the cross and we find rest in the name of Jesus and that people would see like a, a peacefulness and a contentment um, even, even through these struggles. And when they ask about it, when they ask somebody who's listening about that rest, that they, they just talk about Jesus and just talk about how good of a Lord you are. 
and how precious you've been and how you've carried us through uncertain times. Lord, we thank you that even though they're uncertain to us, uh, God, none, none of this took you by surprise. It was certain to you and it still is certain to you. Father, I pray for rest and I pray for peace for our families. We love you. We pray this in the name of Jesus.